Rausch, and I'm inviting you to join me on my Natural Solutions Natural Health Podcast. My guests who visit me will enlighten and inspire you about many different approaches to natural wellness. I believe the stories and information my guests share about their journey and commitment to natural health will be so encouraging for you. My podcast is riding on the wave of the future, and we will take you there with wonderful information. Come and ride the wave of natural health. We are ready to go, so let's get to it. Okay, welcome to our Christmas Natural Solutions Natural Health Podcast. I have Sarah Butt with me today. And she, I call her the herb garden lady. She knows so much about herbs and the plants. So we're going to share a lot of information about some gift giving ideas and lots of information about herbs. So let's get to it. So Sarah, we've known each other for a long time. We had a walk through your herb garden with a bunch of ladies. And we also did an essential oil class. When did you take an interest in herbs? Well, years ago... I was in the Dover Garden Club, and one of the ladies in the Dover Garden Club was 90 years old, and she had the most beautiful garden on the whole street. And she said, come over someday, bring your wheelbarrow, and I'll give you some starts of plants. And I thought, oh, she'll give me half a dozen plants. She filled the wheelbarrow load full of plants. So that was sort of the beginning of me starting to grow plants. And from there, it just exploded started growing more and more. Well, did you know that turmeric goes back 4,000 years? And we know uh, when the first pioneers came here, uh, the Indians were already using very, a lot of plants for healing. Uh, what can you share about the early pioneer families? Well, we know that the colonial housewife uh, had an herb garden. And in addition to her vegetable garden, she would have planted an herb garden because at that time, she would have been the doctor, the veterinarian, and the cook for the house. So all these herbs were used in those instances. Um, for example, her herb garden would have been planted close to the house rather than far out in the garden. And the reason for that was tansy and sage, some of those herbs helped to keep the flies out of the house because a lot of them didn't have a very good door. Wow. And, and you know, she could take, uh, for example, if the kids were sick, she could take feverfew and make a tea. Didn't taste very good, so they may have added a little bit of mint to that to make it more tasty. Don't you wonder how they figured all this out? Who I wouldn't want to have been the first person to try a plant. I know. Well, you know, there at that time, there were over 60 herbs that she could choose from. But, you know, she had to wing it and she had to learn what was best for her family and what her family liked. So she didn't grow all 60 herbs. She picked maybe a dozen of them that suited the uses for her family and the foods that her family liked. Well, what, what's the big difference between the spice, spices and herbs? Yeah, okay. Well, an herb is a green leafy plant, and it's used either fresh or dried. A spice is from barks or seeds, not readily available at the time. So, And spices were so expensive. So that's why they used a lot of herbs. Wow. So how would she, uh, uh, a pioneer woman, preserve herbs for the winter. How did they do that? Mostly by drying. 
um, they could cut bunches of herbs and hang them from the rafters in and or by the hearth. And they would be <clears throat> hung in bunches, dried. When she was ready to use them, then she would take off the leaves and crush them because you don't crush the leaves until you're ready to use them because that extracts the oils. Perfect. Um, so herbs are so popular. Are they hard to grow? No. Herbs are really easy to grow. If you can grow tomatoes, you can grow herbs. Uh, the main thing you need is well-drained soil and sunshine, at least six to eight hours a day. And you can plant them, grow them. They're easy to grow. And animals usually don't bother them. You know, I have a lot of people say to me, oh, the animals are eating everything in my garden. And I have an easy recipe. If you have groundhogs, deer, or rabbits, which we have at our house, to keep them from eating your plants. And it's really simple. It's one egg, one cup of water, and four drops of rosemary essential oil. Mix it all together, put it through a little wire strainer in a bottle, and just mist your plants. And this is safe. You can put it on tomatoes. You can put it on the herbs. But most generally, the rabbits and that don't bother the herbs. It's the vegetables that they go after. Now, the other day, you told me something that was interesting about an er a herb that benefits tomatoes? Well, yes. You know, there's a book that you can get. It's called Carrots Love Tomatoes. And it tells you what plants like to be grown together. And if you grow basil, it is said to enhance the flavor of your tomatoes. So you can plant basil in with your tomato plants. Wow. You know, uh, the good Lord must have known that um, we needed our herbs, and that's why the animals don't eat them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty good, yeah. isn't it? You know, we had... Uh, you know, we always had dogs, and right outside our back porch, I always I planted mint there because nothing else wanted to grow there, but mint will grow anywhere. And every time the dog would go out, he would walk around in that patch of mint. You know, I never had to use a flea repellent on him. He always smelled like mint, and when I took him to the vet, he looked him over. He was a Siberian husky, so he had a lot of fur. The vet said, what kind of a flea repellent do you use on this dog? And I said, nothing. He just walks through the patch of mint. He said, well, he doesn't have a flea. That's exactly what we've always done with our dogs. Uh, now, you have to be real careful with cats, but um, there's a formula that I use that I would mist on, uh, you know, the dog's feet and uh, across the back. Mm -hmm. And no ticks, no fleas, nothing. Yeah. And that same formula is good for humans, too, to keep it, like, around your shoes if you're going to walk in the woods and around yeah. the opening of your sleeves. Yeah. And it's so safe, and you smell wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I know that you had told me about some things that the pioneer women did, like because they didn't have uh, uh, lots of smells, weren't so good, yeah. and some folklore. So yeah. share some of those things well, with us. Uh, well, one of the things that they would do with their herbs is called strewing herbs. And what that means is bunches of herbs were cut and then strewn across the floor because a lot of the cabins had dirt floor. So this would help to keep the musty smells out of the cabin. Another thing is you've heard the saying, sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs bite. Well, their mattresses were straw, so they would put lavender and sage, rosemary, cut those up and put it in the straw mattresses because the beds were a rope bed, hence the sleep tight. And the bugs were the bed bugs, you know. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and they would put that in the mattresses to keep the bugs away. Wow. Did you know that... Um Going back 3000 BC that the Egyptians learned how to extract oils and use them. And they no. used them, 
they use them in culinary and they use them in cosmetics. Isn't that amazing? It is. It's amazing. Yeah, yes. from the hieroglyphics, you know, they know that, that, that that's true. And, of course, they learned how to use some for embalming, too. Um, essential oils are so um, powerful. They're 80 times more potent than just, like, rubbing the leaf of uh, a plant, which uh-huh. we had Josh do. Josh is our producer here for the podcast and had him smell that. Um, but they're 80 times more powerful. So we use a lot of essential oils in my business. Uh, we do consulting, you know, as you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, so we have to educate our clients how potent they are and how the best way is to use those herbs. Um, and sage has a great calming effect. You know, if we, if we use that with a carrier and actually the safest way, I don't know if you knew this to use any oil, because you had asked me, uh, later earlier on when we were talking if um an oil could be put right on the skin and we would call that neat but the only way to put that oil on safely is on the bottom of the feet and that's where your largest pores are now lavender most people can tolerate that but if you're not sure just be safe and put it in a carrier oil like um you can use olive oil uh you can actually purchase special carrier oils um and then rosemary which you know, you've talked about those, uh, growing those yes. in your garden. Mm-hmm. It's great for all types of skin. And um, it's good for eczema and dermatitis. And actually, you can put a few drops of rosemary in your hair conditioner, and it actually will uh, stimulate the scalp. So, um, well, I know that one of the things I always told my customers, <clears throat> plant your herb garden, you have your own aromatherapy. You do. You go out and work in your herb garden and it's relaxing and calm. So if you're having a bad day, go out and work in your herb garden. Well, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, what is your favorite essential oil? And I have so many and they, they all have different benefits. But if I was trapped on an island somewhere and I, and I was going to be, and I only had one essential oil that I could take with me, it would be lavender. So I'm going to ask Josh uh, to come over, and I'm going to miss a little bit of lavender in the air. And, and you can too, Sarah, because you're sitting kind of over there. And I want you to tell me, I'm going to let Josh first tell me, when do you smell this, Josh? How quickly do you smell that? Right there. Right yep. there, about a second. And Sarah, you're probably smelling yes. it by now. Yes. So um, that's essential oils are um, very volatile, which means that they evaporate very quickly. And so um, they come in a little bottle like this because they're so concentrated. And you want to make sure that you keep those lids on tightly. So we can use our herbs in so many ways and plants, like eating them using them for essential oils. And like you said, the pioneer women, they found all kinds of ways, yes. you know, to use them. <laughs> um, are there any special herbs that you would like to share uh, referring or relating to Christmas? Yes. Well, you know, uh, herbs have different meanings, all the different herbs. And rosemary is the herb of Christmas. And it means remembrance. And there's a folklore story that when Mary and Jesus were fleeing Herod's soldiers, she draped her cloak over a bush that was blooming white. The next day, when she took the cloak off, it was blooming blue. It was blessed. So from then on, it was called the Rose of Mary or Rosemary. And I always tell people, if you grow rosemary, take a couple sprigs like this. You can press them between the pages of an old phone book or a book. And then when you send your Christmas cards, 
put a sprig of rosemary in the Christmas card. It means remembrance. That's such a good idea. Yeah. And it smells so it good. It does. Yeah. It does. And, um, you know, I, I have a story, too, about uh, herbs and dried flowers that I like to share. And years ago, we went to Connecticut to visit Adelma Simmons. And she was one of the first ladies that started growing herbs and writing books about it. And she tells the story about how she dried these herbs, and she made this beautiful wreath out of dried flowers and herbs, and she sent it to her friend in New York as a gift. And then she called her a few days later, and she said, did you get that present I sent you? She said, oh, yeah, but you know what? When it came, it was all dried up. And we had to throw it away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they didn't see the value, did <laughs> they? They did not. You know, that's so interesting because we've talked a lot on on uh, the podcast, uh, Josh and I and other guests, that, you know, when you have a passion, it drives you to just learn as much as you can. And just like you went to see her in uh, Connecticut, um, I've told the story before that um, my very first, uh, really, vacation that I encouraged my husband, we have to go do this, was to go and tour the Nature Sunshine Plant where I actually use all of their supplements and their essential oils in my business. So a passion drives you to do those kind of things, doesn't it? It does. It does. One thing leads to another. It does. You know, know, speaking of Christmas, we all know that um, for baby Jesus, they brought frankincense and myrrh. And they were uh, in gold. And all of those things were so valuable. And they were usually, um, they indicated that you were royalty or you were a king. And so, um, you know, those were back then, I know that they used uh, myrrh as embalming and uh, frankincense was very healing. And, you know, an, an interesting thing about frankincense, earlier on I had talked about putting an essential oil on the bottom of your feet. Uh-huh. And if you, there's been uh, tests done where they'll put frankincense on the bottom of the feet and within three seconds... They can detect it in the, um, oh, not the thyroid. Um, I can't think uh, of the organ, the pituitary gland. There we go. It took me a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how fast, and just like Josh had smelt that lavender that quickly, yeah. that those uh, essential oils can really uh, get into the body. And if you're using the right one, make a difference. Yeah. So um, I bet you've got some books that you've read over the years. I do. I do. And and one of the books that I really like, it's full of folklore, but it says in here, if you put a pot of basil on the window seal, it means the lady's available for marriage. Really? Yes. <laughs> and it also says in here that in the early days, the wives would give their husbands dill seeds to chew on because it controlled the windy pulses. <laughs> So that's pretty funny. It is. So this is a book. It's called Four Centuries of American Herbs by Patricia Mitchell. It's a wealth of information. It's a wonderful book. But now if you're just getting started with herbs, Phyllis Shouty's books, Phyllis is deceased at this, you know, now, but she has several books out and The Pleasure of Herbs is one of them. And what this is, it's a month by month guide to, um, Growing Herbs and Herbal Projects. It has recipes, it has craft ideas, and it also tells you about planting the herbs. Wow, that sounds like a a really good book. It's a really good book for a beginner. It really is. It's a great one to start with. Well, you know, um, I had uh, always relied on books when I first got started learning about herbal medicine, and I brought a couple of my favorite books. And one of the very first books that I bought 
was Natural Prescriptions, and it's by Dr. Gillers. And and um, it what it does is it talks about um, the interactions with um, the herbs, if there are some, and things to be aware of, because a lot of people don't realize we really don't usually have any issues, but they are plants. That's all it is, your herbs in a capsule, but some of them might have a blood thinning effect and some of them might have um, lowering blood pressure effect. So it's a good idea to kind of be aware of those things. And then just like you, I have a couple books that are um, actually... This was one of the very first books that I ever bought, and I think I read it from cover to cover. It was called Nutritional Healing. So it had A to Z, every reference about remedies for different things like colds and chest congestion and you name it. It's mm-hmm. in this book. And then another one, uh, another uh, drug and interaction book that I found, and it's called uh, Drug and Herb Vitamin Interaction Bible. And it, it was another one that I relied on a lot in the very beginning when I was learning all about how to help other people understand the value of vitamins and herbs. So um, those are some really good books that I've read over the years. And, and as just like you, I've never gotten rid of them. No, I, I keep referring back to yeah. them. And I think, well, I'm going to donate these. I don't need them anymore. And then uh, something will come up and I'll think, oh, I want to look in that book. But you know, when you're talking about the herbs and that, uh, when we had our gift shop, we would have people come in and ask us for medicinal herbs. And our herb shop was mostly for growing plants for culinary purposes and for drying to make wreaths. And I would refer the other people to Carmela. And I always told them, don't try to be your own doctor because herbs were the medicine of our forefathers and they're powerful. Right. So don't try to right. be your own doctor, get some advice. Right. Now, I don't, I am not a doctor. I'm an herbalist mm-hmm. and I don't proclaim to be a doctor because we need our physicians. We've talked sure. about that before on our show, but I do know the power of herbs inside and out and upside down. And so that makes a huge difference. And I do know how to research to help people don't take these with this type of medicine because you could have some interactions. And I always tell them to go and, and talk with their family health care right. provider. You mentioned Reese. I, I saw over there you brought a couple. Oh, of yes, I did. Uh, they, we are, of course, we used uh, artificial herbs right now because they're not available. But this wreath is made with lavender and rosemary and can hang that up. It means... And what does rosemary mean? Rosemary is remembrance and lavender is devotion. When I did used to do weddings, I always put a few herbs in the bridal bouquet. And that, you know, always was a nice surprise for the bride. And did you tell them why you put those I in did, there? Yeah. I did. I did. And then this is a little wreath of lavender. And again, it has just a little bit of rosemary added to it too. So those are um, good things, like even for Christmas, that someone could, you can find those in your craft stores. And you also, I think um, you can dry, well, like we have some uh, basil and some rosemary. You can buy those um, artificial and make someone a wreath and put a little note on there of what that means uh, for them for a Christmas gift. Sure. And even this artificial wreath, it could be tucked right in the middle of a pine wreath. That would be really pretty for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I keep looking at that lemonade over there, and I noticed that you gave me a little uh, glass here. Yes. So can you tell me about okay, this? Okay, yeah. Well, you know, in the summertime, we like to make lemonade and give it a little bit of a spark. 
I added just mint. It's just plain peppermint that I added to it. And I put a few sprigs in it last night. And it's now, fine. Um, do we have a recipe for this? Um, what's this called? It's just, just regular lemonade. Okay. And you can get, it can be lemonade that you buy in the store. Okay. You know, and then just cut your uh, okay. mint leaves and put in there. But you had told me about a, uh, some other kind uh, of lemonade? Yes, I do. A pineapple sage cooler. Okay. And this was really uh, when I had the gift shop and we would have special things, especially in the spring, we would serve pineapple sage cooler. Now, pineapple sage is <clears throat> a herb that you can grow in your garden. It does not taste like sage. So you don't want to substitute regular sage because that's for poultry. I know you corrected me on that one. Yes. Because <laughs> I asked uh, you about that. pineapple sage smells and tastes exactly like fresh pineapple. Wow. It grows about three feet tall. And then later in the summer, it blooms with real pretty red flowers. Hummingbirds love it. And the nice thing about it, when everything else is almost done blooming, the pineapple sage will bloom. But to make this cooler, you Take about a cup of, uh, Carmela has the exact recipe. I've got to put it on the website. On the website. But you take your pineapple sage leaves and you steep them in hot water and you never boil them. Because people would call me and say, how do I make mint tea? You get the water hot and then you put your leaves in there and then put a lid on it and let it steep for about 10 to 15 minutes. If you boil it, what you've done, your essential oil and your is all in the air. So to that, you're going to add uh, pineapple juice, 7-Up, a little bit of orange juice, and uh, mix it all together, and you have this wonderful, refreshing cooler for summer. Well, this tastes pretty good. It does. Yeah. It's it's surprising because when I would serve that, you know, I'd say, would you like some lemonade? And, oh, maybe. And then they taste and they say, hmm, that's pretty good. You know, um, I've been kind of eyeballing this snowman here, so <laughs> I know that you're retired now. Yes. But tell me about what you are doing and and about this little snowman. Okay, well, uh, you know, since I retired, I have to have something to do. I'm not a sit-around person. Are you a type A person I must be. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So anyway, I've taken up sewing, and I rented a booth at Berlin, at the Berlin Craft Mall. And I make snowmen and Santa Clauses in the summer and the spring bunnies. And and I do add some uh, dried flower bouquets there. But I make these out there, and that keeps me pretty busy. I did see a really cute Santa Claus that you made, and I bet you he got sold. Yeah, he did. Well, I had a big one, and I don't often post them on Facebook because I really like to just sell out of my booth at Berlin. And uh, because often when I do post them, then they want to ship them. And, uh, well, you know, it's so nice to have someone that actually is making something uh, at home and, and taking advantage of like what you do out there at Berlin. And you know that that was made with love. It was. A lot of love. It was. Yeah. And uh, it's not mass produced. No, it no. is not. Each and you one can, is different. That's right. They have personality. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do. So, they do. Um, also, I noticed that you brought these little sachets. Yes. Well, you know, um, some of the things that you can make with gifts out of your garden, you know, first of all, when you plant an herb garden, you are going to have an abundance of herbs. They really produce. You're going to have plenty to share with your friends and your neighbors. And I dried some lavender and I just took scraps of fabric that I had and made these little uh, dresser drawer sachets. And they're really, really fragrant. I'm going to smell one. They are very fragrant. Oh my goodness. Put them in your dresser drawers, tuck one in your pillow if you have a hard time sleeping. Um, you know, it's just really it a nice. It smells so good. It does. 
does. And, you know, you could even do this too. Like if you grow catnip in your garden, you could make little things like this, tuck them in your cat's bed. So they're fun to make and fun to make now, as gifts. Would the cat be able to sleep? <laughs> well, <laughs> catnip in there. They they like they roll around in it a lot. I bet they do. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite herb? Well, you know, I really do, and my favorite herb is marjoram, which is it's of the oregano family. You know, it's uh-huh. in there, and it's my favorite. And the thing I like to do with it is make an herb butter. And you take about a fourth of a cup of dried herbs with uh, a cup of butter. You mix it all together. The butter would be softened. And then you store it in the refrigerator overnight. And then the next day, it's wonderful over corn on the cob, vegetables, toast, rolls. It's great. It's my favorite. Yummy. Um, I see something else over here that's in a bottle that's got, what is that? This is an herb vinegar. And let me tell you the easy way to do this. If you want to make them as gifts, um, just go to the store and buy a bottle of white wine vinegar. And then take the sealer off the top, go to your garden, and wash and pat dry whatever herb you choose. Now, this one has tarragon in it. You could use rosemary. You could use thyme. It's really pretty in there. And seal it back up and let it sit for about two weeks before you give it as a gift. So if they're going to give it for a gift, they need to get busy, huh? Yes, yes. And then I put a little tag on there as to how to use it, the recipe. Well, I think what we're going to do, and we've talked about this, uh, you were going to bring a few little items to make suggestions for a holiday table. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that there's some cookies out here. So what are those cookies? Those are lavender cookies. Seriously? Yes, they are lavender cookies. It's a sugar cookie recipe with lavender added to it. Now, where would someone get the the little lavender parts? Well, probably at a health food store right now, you can generally buy a little bit of lavender by the ounce. They'll sell it. Well, yeah. when we get done, we're definitely going to eat one have of those. Have to try one of those. We're going yes, to. Yes. So what else did you bring along? Well, we have these little um, Christmas trees that were made with cream cheese. And you have rice crackers here. And then uh, chunks of broccoli are put in the cream cheese with little tomatoes and to make individual servings. So, you know, right now we're health concerns. This way, each one has their own individual What a one. great idea. And here's another cute one here and um, this has a pepper jam on it with the rice cracker and it has a little star at the top now that would be mine because I like anything hot and spicy. do you yeah, you like the hot spicy yeah. things yep I do and then we have another one here and this one I like especially and this one has cranberries on it and again it has the rice crackers and you can make up a little name tag put it in there and say this one is yours and you put this at their place setting and they put pretzels in for the stem of the tree. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I brought a few um, items along to make some suggestions about the holidays and I brought something as a surprise for you. These are pinwheels. Now, Aren't those I, cute? I, I put Josh's name on there because you could put this at a place setting, but this has cream cheese, goat cheese, cranberries, walnuts, and a little bit of uh, green onion. And they are delicious. I couldn't help but um, eating eating them. And my husband, they kind of disappeared. Uh, I said, you can't eat anymore. I have to take some with me. So those are another idea. What's the outside of that, Carmela? Um, it is just the spinach, uh, what is it, tortilla? 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Or you could use a flatbread and get uh-huh. green for Christmas. Uh-huh. And I put a little kisses on there because you can put a kiss at everybody's plate, a candy kiss, because we're kind of not doing that right now. Right. So, right. right. And then I brought this idea for a teenager. Um, you know, they want money or credit cards. So yeah. you can write their name on the box and then inside put some money in there uh-huh. and then put that at their place setting and uh-huh. they'll be surprised when they take the lid off because there's money in there yeah what they want yep and then for a little guy um we did a uh this is a chocolate hot chocolate uh-huh. and we would put that at their place setting with their name on it and for an adult you could take uh these little little uh, Ghirardelli chocolates in a box put a ribbon and put the name on there and put that at their place setting. And they also go home with a little gift, too. Uh-huh. And then uh, for a little, little one, you can do a stocking and put their name on it. And then just put some money down in there. Or, you know, you it depends on how little they are. You could put um, something that their mom allows them to eat. Uh-huh. You could put that in there. And then if you get some uh, creative messaging napkins you can put that by their plate and for an adult you could put um this is an ornament and it's for you sarah it's an s for sarah Oh, okay so that's that's just some ideas that they can use at their um, table you know for christmas yeah with those letters it makes it nice because you could have everybody's place marked with the letter of their name exactly it makes it makes it fun and interesting and you know You'll agree, as we've gotten older, we really don't need anything. Right. But just something coming from the heart or something that that someone knows that you spend a a little bit of time thinking, I'm making this special for you, that means a lot. It does. It does. It does, yeah. So I know that's one of the things I decided to do this year for my brother and my sister-in-law. I said, I'm going to make you a Santa Claus or a snowman. You tell me which one you want. And they'll love it. They'll have one that I made and... If they don't like it, they don't have to put it out. Well, thinking of making things, you know, my family, uh, for Christmas for years, we would have a craft time and think of creative things that we could do. And and they would have ideas. And, you know, we'd all every year throw in an idea. And then that's the craft we would do. So this year, I happened to see in my Midwest living, and you can find this on the internet, the directions, but that little poinsettia over there that is actually made with a napkin with how a, cute yeah and um it it gives you the directions how to do it and then inside that little jar it that's filled with candy kisses so you can put that at each person's place and then they get to take that home and then it's full of chocolate kisses yeah how yeah, nice yeah so, so sarah do you have anything else you'd like to share um i guess i guess we've pretty well covered everything um, you know, just go out there and, oh, I know one thing I did want to tell people, uh, everyone asked me, where can I buy herb plants? And most garden centers do have them. Uh, however, sometimes now we're in Ohio, of course, and one of the places that we have in Ohio is Quail Crest Farm in Worcester. But if you go on the internet and search, you can generally find a wider variety of herbs. Um, just, uh, the one thing I do want to tell people If you want to plant an herb garden, number one, don't make it too big. Don't make it so big because most people have a job. They don't have time. So something that you can maintain in about 20 minutes a week. 
is that, a good that's idea. That's probably a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. And then think about the herbs that your family can use. For example, if you like Italian food in your family, then you want oregano, basil, uh, rosemary, uh, marjoram, uh, you know, and parsley and chives. Those are good ones to grow. If you're a fish-eating family, uh, tarragon, dill, uh, chives, you know, those are good ones. And thyme, those are good. So get a, uh, go to the library, get a book, or go online and research. But uh, get out there and dig in the dirt and plant an herb garden. You can grow some on your windowsill. They're a little more difficult. And so if you're going to do that, choose ones that uh, don't need don't have a larger leaf because they require more sun. So example like chives and thyme, uh, rosemary, those you can try on your windowsill. The main thing is don't overwater. You know, when you said about digging the dirt, did you know that um, health-wise that they call that grounding, when you get out and your feet are on the earth and you're in the digging in the dirt, that that grounds you more? That, that's a oh, healthy thing to do. I, I always wondered why you had a happy step. And that's why, because <laughs> you're always in your garden. I'm always working out there. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, but, well, you know, and uh, I always tell people, don't be afraid to harvest the herbs because the more you cut, the more you'll get because it bushes the plant out. So don't be afraid to cut it. Plus, they can make lots of dry arrangements. Oh, they too. can. They yeah. can. So that yeah. that's awesome, Sarah. It's been so fun having you here. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, yes. but every time we talk and you share, I learn so much from you. Thank you. Now, um, I have a little gift for you and Josh today. Do you know what this is? It's a bell. Do you know what this comes from? Well, I'm thinking of the uh, Christmas the. The train ride? Yes. And oh, the every time bell rings, an angel gets her wings. Is right. that it? Well, that too, but this means believe. Okay. So, All right. So I got one for you, and okay. I'm going to give Josh one. All right. That's from the Polar Express. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, with that, um, I, I think we've had a lot of fun today. I think so. And I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in to our podcast. And we will have uh, all everything that we talked about today on my um, website. And our next guest in um, January is going to be Dr. Deanna Wallace. And she's a naturopathic doctor. And she's going to share all kinds of information. She's been uh, doing naturopath for years and years and years. So I'm very excited to have her on our next podcast. So you guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will talk to you on our next podcast. Bye-bye.